It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Memorial Healthcare's Monday Walk-In Sports Injury Clinic has returned with the start of fall sports season, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. every Monday through October 17th. Athletes will be seen on a walk-in basis every Monday from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics, located in the now building's second floor, Suite 200, on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. X-rays can be done for immediate review and upon insurance authorization, patients can be scheduled for an MRI, CT scan, or any other further imaging needs. For more info, call Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics at 989-541-BONE. That's 989-541-2663 or online at memorialhealthcare.org. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Welcome to episode 235 of Three Point Podcast. We're partnered with Sky Mint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry, many locations throughout the state of Michigan. But our Corona location, you definitely want to get on in there. The coupon code 3.20, that's 3-P-O-I-N-T-2-0 at the Corona store, 20% off Sky Mint products, new customers only. We've talked about it before. Support the podcast. We don't ask for a whole lot, but support our advertisers and check out Sky Mint. And by the way, check out their new Sky Mint Reserve featuring exceptional profiles. In other words, they like to say it. I'll say it too. The good stuff. So check the it out stuff. at Sky Mint. <laughs> <laughs> We're also brought to you by Memorial Healthcare, home of the walk-in sports injury, injury clinic, now open every Monday through October 17th at the stunning new Now Community Wellness Center. Guys, you know, you've heard me talk about my aches and pains before. I'm doing physical therapy there. And I, I got to tell you, man, it's just gorgeous and stunning. I'm looking to recording there in the new podcast studio they got All there. Right. I, did, I took a peek in the window. I mean, they've got a great setup. They got like three professional microphones hanging on the desk. They got the video feed. I've already made contact with Memorial. So probably in the next couple of weeks, I'll actually record my portion nice. from that pod studio so it's I'm say, that might be that. you know sort of like how we have the tune cast i think maybe the winter edition of that is like the memorial healthcare cast yeah. uh, if we, if we get you both guys yeah. up here we're gonna do it for sure yeah, that would yeah, be cool yeah. do you know yeah. the details of it do you have to pay like do you have to be a member to use no, it or can no. anyone in the community come in and use it well, I know we can use it free of charge. Okay. I've already got that confirmation. Yep. So I'm looking forward to that. In fact, we got an upcoming guest, Dr. Albana, 
you know, from yeah, their sports that. clinic. We're going to hook up with him and interview him. So looking forward to that. I also want to thank our local partners. They include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports, Fieldhouse, and Hit and Pitch. Crow Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill. Is this a good time to maybe talk about an upcoming thing we might have going on there, uh, Michigan, Michigan State weekend, possibly, Matt? Yeah, we're hoping um, kind of in in partnership with NCG, the theater in Owasso. Uh, hopefully it sounds like it's going to happen, but we'll have some some pretty cool Michigan swag maybe autographed by the head coach there at michigan Mm. football helmet something like that and we're hoping to kind of like like you're kind of alluding to get it going with rivals like we've done before and you know do some sort of giveaway and you know go watch the game at rivals and have a chance to win this this cool stuff so yeah we'll, we'll have more details as it gets confirmed I don't think there's anywhere I'd rather be on Michigan, Michigan State Saturday than at Rivals. I, I mean that full heartedly, man. It's mm-hmm. one watching it at a game. You, get, you don't got to pay two hundred bucks to get a ticket. Do all that tailgates can be cold. Just go into Rivals, ten a.m. Get some Bloody Marys rolling. Uh, got some good get giveaways going on. I mean, it's you know everybody there. You know it's like cheers. Uh, just sounds like a great spot to be on uh, on that great October 29th, Saturday. And they'll have it, it on the. They've t- got the. They've got the big screen. That's yeah. probably what you're about to say. They've got a hundred other screens all over the place. So there's going to be what other whatever other games are on. Hopefully by then, I think we're going to get hooked up with some more koozies from our oh, friends yeah. at AZ. We are. So those might be getting handed out too. So, so yeah, stay tuned on that one. It's all good, and we'll definitely have more details on our partnership with NCG Cinemas. In yeah, fact, the current Jacobs documentary premieres october 1st he was our guest last week and again uh head out there next saturday october 1st for the premiere i think there's a six o'clock and an eight o'clock showing and uh highly recommended it's going to be an awesome event Uh, seems like on on facebook sorry ted to cut you off seems like on facebook he's got a a bunch of people very interested and Mm -hmm. what did he mention in the interview last week that there's probably going to be like some refreshments or, you know, like a little bit of an after party at Roma's. Roma's, Yeah, man, go, go watch this documentary and then go over to Roma's and have a drink or get some food that if I was around and, you know, didn't have any plans, that sounds like a pretty nice little Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you to see like something like that, you know, somebody's passion project. Um, he, you know, put all the work into it and that's, and that's the best part about it. You know, got great interviews. So I'm very curious to see how that, that is not gonna be able to make it to the opening night, but I can't wait to watch it on prime. Absolutely. And by the way, we forgot to talk to him. He's the Owasso head wrestling coach nowadays too. Oh, is he really? Yeah. We never even got into that. (laughs) I also want to thank our sponsors, Jim Woodworth and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing also helping us out every week. And uh, this program will have our prep spotlight. We're going to be joined by Jason Hutton, the sports anchor at Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. But, uh, you know, guys, like we like to do, we'll catch up. And I actually, I've had just a, a an unreal weekend. Uh, you know, my Aunt Gloria, my favorite aunt of all time, passed away. And they had her uh, her memorial on Saturday morning. And, and it was you know, it was sad to see her go at 89, but it was a really a great tribute to, like I said, my favorite aunt. We all have our favorites aunts, even though we're not supposed to say so. You know, she was definitely my favorite growing up. And the main reason was we celebrated Thanksgiving at her house for probably 30 years. So a lot of great memories there. But we went from yeah. that to Parker, my second granddaughter, her fourth birthday party. And they had kind of a cool theme down there. Jessica found some lady, they call her the bug lady. And she had this full table of bugs, including this hairy ass tarantula. And these, there was like, you know, 
let's just picture Matt, like eight or nine kids all on the living room floor. And this bug lady's talking about these bugs and getting oh. them out of their little cage thing. You want to touch it? And some cool. are going, Ooh, yeah. no. And then yeah, others yeah, are going, yeah, yeah, yeah I want to. Was I was going to say, it's probably half and half. Half of them are like, ew, this is gross. And the other half probably want to like grab them and play Exactly. With them. I would That's never awesome. touch a tarantula, man. I would never. <laughs> Did any kids touch, touch the tarantula? Oh, or yeah. was that off limits? Yeah. Well, Parker was, and Parker was a birthday girl. So she got first choice on everything. So yeah, she got to hold it and, you know, oh. pet it. It's kind of furry, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't yeah. really want to get too close to it myself, <laughs> but. <laughs> I would assume, I would hope they took the poison out of it or you know whatever they can do. i don't think tarantulas have poison i don't i do don't they think not? okay i thought they did i thought they I, could I kill thought you. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up standby continue the show okay well yeah, I, no, I, say- I, I in my fox 17 days back back in the local news days one of the when i was working on the morning show probably something similar to what you're talking about ted we mm-hmm. you know morning morning tv local news sure. a lot of times it's like puff pieces and you know you do this goofy stuff going on and, and we went and did a story Someone at Grand Rapids had a huge bug display. So we went, you know, we we did a bunch of stories there talking about all the bugs they have, where they came from, what they are, whatever. One hilarious thing, though, and it's one of my, like, claims to fame at Fox 17, they had a bunch of, like, edible bugs, chocolate-covered, you know, crickets. Uh, All right. Just a whole, like, line of edible bugs. And I ate, like, five of them live on TV. And... (laughs) Like, you know, I, I sent the clip to like all my family and stuff like that and whatever. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I the tarantula, I'm not very they like, are venomous. They are venomous, yeah. yeah I, I, would I, so. I feel like I would let it, you know, I would hold it. I don't want it to be like crawling all over me though. No, no thanks on that. That was kind of cool. And then uh they had this, I don't it wasn't a centipede, but it was some kind of peed. It was a different yeah. different name, and it had like 400 legs i guess and you know it was about that big but it was pretty cool the kids all loved it and uh after we left there uh my wife and i actually had a chance to celebrate our 30th anniversary and uh it's actually today as we're recording so what kind of husband am i pulling away to record a podcast but um did i tell you guys about my honeymoon this is a this is a great sports guy honeymoon i don't know if i ever did tell you or not we got married headed down to auburn hill spent the night that Saturday night in Auburn Hills, went to the Lions Falcon game the next day. I was at that time pretty heavy duty in press credentials and stuff. So I, I had coordinated to get press credentials for her and I to sit in the media press box, 50 yard line, you know, at the silver dome that was, which was fantastic view. So we watched the lions the next day, Sunday, we took a tour of the palace in Auburn Hills. It's gone now. Uh, from there and the silver dome is <laughs> yeah, both i know and from there we uh we went to canada we were going to toronto and we went to through detroit and stopped at i don't know if you've ever heard of a hockey guy called don cherry but we went to don cherry's bar in windsor and they gave us free t-shirts and we had a couple cocktails and then we made our way to toronto and, and this is all romantic stuff that i had put together right yeah i got press credentials for the Blue Jays and the Orioles, and we oh, spent nice. we spent the night in what a hotel. You're like a press press credential like fiend, man. Like I don't know. This all you gotta try. You just are trying to hoard it like as many as you can. You gotta you gotta have a wife though that loves all this stuff because you know we we watched the games. Uh, we had a hotel room overlooking the field. It was like the week before somebody else had a honeymoon night there and had gotten a little bit too rambunctious and the fans in the stands could see what was going on in the hotel room. 
you had to sign a waiver that you wouldn't do that. that <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. But I will tell you, it was fantastic. The view overlooking the field, it was just Oh, great. yeah, it's just like that in Houston, right? Uh, yeah. I believe that they have the same sort of setup with the, with the hotel overlooking Absolutely. the field. It's got to be awesome. Right. Um, and, and you're dogging on me for my media credentials, but I actually I interviewed Chris Berman and Sean McDonough on the field before that game, you know, as we sat in our seats for a little while and we said, ah, let's go up to our room. So we did that. And then we wrapped up our trip coming back through Detroit, old Tiger Stadium, and watched the Tigers and the Orioles on Monday before we headed home from there. So how's that for a nice little sports-oriented honeymoon? I don't know, man. That's that's an awesome that's an awesome trip. <laughs> Knocking out all those stadiums and seeing yeah. all those games, and especially Jared's giving you a hard time. But with those press credentials, you're getting to get on the field, yeah, media stuff. press box. You're getting all, all the yeah free swag. I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. You you should coordinate that. Set that trip up for the three of us, and we'll do it yeah. all again. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I will say this: I kind of put together again. I coordinated everything. You know, I don't do it very often. I probably I tell my wife that I probably take it for granted too much. But we we did it upright. So we came from the funeral towards towards Parker's. We drove by the old palace, which is sad, sad, sad to see. It's just nothing there. We drove by the Silverdome. Sad, sad, sad. And, uh, you know, uh, we went to the corner, Jared, looked at where old Tiger Stadium was. And that's not so sad. I mean, that's that's an awesome setup down there. And I was we were looking around Corktown a little bit. And yeah, I know did we you check out the, the corner ballpark. I know you've been there before, but uh, yes, awesome little area. Still, yeah, it's they're building a lot still right around there, so it's coming back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I love it there. You know, it's it's just it's funny to me. It's like if I'm like listening to this as like an outsider. Obviously, I know you very well, so I know this isn't the case. But I let's see, <laughs> you know, how you proposed had to do with sports. Yeah. Honeymoon had to do with sports. Your 30-year anniversary had to do with the recounting of the sport trip from <laughs> it's like is sports your only like personality trait? Like that's all you that's all your brain can compute is like sports. Hey, it she would, knew what she was getting herself into. Oh, she and you're, you're you guys will love this. I mean, she she is the perfect wife for me because uh we did end up in Windsor and we we had a room at the Caesars Casino there. So, you know, that was nice, overlooking oh, yeah. the city of Detroit. And then uh, Sunday morning, we didn't do a lot of gambling on, on Saturday night. We, we were a little wore out and had other things to do. And then uh, so we went Sunday morning, and she says, I feel lucky. So we, we played some slots, and I'll be damned. We played for a couple hours, and it got to be where she said, you know, we probably ought to be getting going so we can get home in time to watch the Lions and i said okay she says well let's let's play a little bit more we cashed out we made 30 bucks for our 30th anniversary so it all came together a couple hours though yeah yeah i I thought it was going to be like you made 30 grand or yeah one of you hit the jackpot or something like that hey once the ticket came up and it showed we had 30 bucks to the positive we said let's cash it out and let's get going so it was it was a great time we had a good time no that is a good time and you know it is cool I haven't hit the 30 year mark yet, but you know, to like, like Jared said, to recount, to go back and especially now knowing the silver dome's gone and, you know, palace is gone and just kind of see what all that stuff is like. And it would be cool to that's like re- your, retrace those steps. That's like, there's, you know, how like coaches have like bread and butter plays um, for like their offenses, you doing the recounting of like something like, isn't that exactly what you did when you proposed you did like basically that was a visiting different places, like recounting your relationship. 
and the first place we had dinner, the first place right, we, right. you know, like, and then this was sort of the similar vein. That's awesome, man. I mean, that's kind of like your fastball, still yeah. throwing at ninety-five miles an hour. Still got it going, boys. I got to tell you that, and uh, it was fun. You're and you're right about the, the engagement when I proposed. To tell you the truth, to be full disclosure, I was going to do it somewhere else, and I chickened out. I choked. I mean, I had it. <laughs> I was all set to do it and get on the knee and do the whole thing, yep. and then I I choked out, man. And it took me a three and a half hour ride back from in Michigan courage. to come up with a second plan. Yeah, so it worked. It all worked out well. Yep, it did. It did. I was going to say the rest is history. It seems to have worked out. Yeah. Well, Win- just Windsor, to- Jared. Have you ever made a trip over to Windsor? No, I had a lot of buddies that did. Um, yeah. People at Tigers games all the time. That's where they all come from, man. I, yeah. they, you like you just you hear them like in the concession stand line, or when you're just walking, you know, through it. I'm working or whatever, and you just hear the accent. You know, you strike up a conversation. That Windsor, yeah. such a quick drive right over the bridge. I, that's what that's Work what blew my mind it. a little bit. I didn't realize how it's literally like right in Detroit. You can basically take a bridge right, right across. You're yep. the, you're in Canada in five minutes. Yeah, uh, we so did no, it a I few mean, times. We did it a few times in college. I don't know if it's still the same. Uh, but it used to be, it may still be the same thing. The drinking age over there was 18. Yes. Yeah. Right. So and that's why my buddies went. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We like at least twice, maybe three times we got a party bus and, you know, had like 40 people in on it, you know, oh. 30, 40 that's people awesome. pitch in on a party bus. It's not that expensive. They drive you across the border over to Windsor. You don't have to worry about driving or anything like that. Go to a bunch of the casinos and bars over there, you know, as an 18, 19 year old American <laughs> get, get to drink legally. That's awesome. Uh, pretty, pretty cool experience. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely day. wish I would have looked back. I mean, they went twice, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I always kind of had a fake ID. So I never really, yeah. I, I honestly never really had the like, oh, I can't go here and drink. I never really experienced that, to be honest. Right. Well, to kind of recap it all, fellas, uh, this will this you'll laugh at me because you know we are in a social media world and everything's automatic. You got to know what's going on. We did not know how the Michigan game went. We did not know how the Michigan State game went. We did not know how the Lions game went. Oh. We came we came home. It was about two o'clock, and we hit the DVR and watched the Lions. You were. Them. This is per my wife's request, by the way. That you didn't want to know what happened to any of it? We just didn't. We didn't go way out of our way to not know, but I did stay away from social media. Yeah. Okay, You must That's have loved that. Uh, you're like you're like Picasso on that DVR, flipping back and forth between three games. Like, that was your uh, Sistine Chapel on no, here's, Saturday here's, or Sunday. Here's the situation Sunday. So we didn't get home till Sunday. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I didn't know anything about any of the games. So we watched the Lions, and we're going to talk more about that a little later. So we watched the Lions. Then we watched every every bit of the Michigan game. We'll talk about that a little later. Yeah. Then we watched uh, uh, what did we watch? Oh, then Spartans. we watched Michigan State. But just fast forward through every play, just yeah. zip, 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 zip. You know, and yeah. what a disaster that was. And we'll yeah. also talk about that. And then we finished off the night watching uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So it was a four game Sunday. Man, it was all my wife. So. Nice. I that's love you. Solid honey. Sunday. Man. Yeah. That's a, you know, except for where it started. This all started at a, a funeral. So you yeah, know, kind of except right. for that. That's a, it's a heck of a weekend. <laughs> yeah. I figured I'd take the majority of the catch up time. Did you guys do anything interesting no. at all? Honestly, basically say, I mean, working Saturday, it's college football. So I got to work Saturday and then watching, yeah. watching football the rest of the night and watching the lions being annoyed at what happened there. So I oh, mean, yeah similar similar weekend just you know different different yeah. uh different right 
path, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was, you know, just another wedding. I'm at the age where it's like, I feel like I have a wedding every, every weekend. weekend, man. I have five this year. Five. <laughs> so, hey. you know, another good wedding. Uh, this was out like a, kind of a country wedding. Country music getting played all over the place. Loved it, man. Uh, that's, that's your stuff. Yeah, yeah. So a Saturday in the it. fall, though, huh? I mean, that's like. Mm. The, yeah, I, I mean, it is what it is. I, it, people don't seem to care. You just kind of. Yeah. Buckle up your bootstraps. Luckily, you know, I got to watch the whole Michigan game, state game blowout. So I wasn't really missing anything there. I mean, talk about a perfect Saturday to kind of do that. I think it was yeah. this Saturday. So absolutely well, I right. out in that sense. One final yeah, Mich- Michigan at noon. That makes it, yeah, you can watch that and then, you know, be getting ready for the wedding while you're watching the Michigan game. So, yep. mm-hmm. um, one final question for you, Jared. What's the housing situation looking like? Move into my new apartment on Friday, actually. It's, it's going to be a bit of a cluster. I move out of this apartment. On Friday, move into mm-hmm. my new apartment on Friday. I also work Friday at four. So it's like, it's just going to be one hell of a day. <laughs> wow. One hell of a day doing that all in about, you know, five hours. But uh, looking forward to it, man. I mean, moving sucks. God, yes, it sucks. It does. I still got a lot of work to do here uh, in this place. So I'm not really looking forward to that. But uh, same area, work out, get the work, get the guns, you know, right. muscled up. Yeah. Same area. Uh, it's Southfield. So I'm going to be five minutes from work. Nice. Right now, I'm driving about 35 to, you know, now with road traffic, about four, uh, 45 or with road work, excuse me. So I'm, I'm cutting my, you know, drive time every day down by about 80 minutes. Awesome. It's crazy to think about, but uh, you live 15 minute, miles away from someplace here and it takes you 45 minutes to get there. Right. So I just can't wait. I'm going to be right down, down the road. That's the best part. Southfield's a cool area. Well, sounds good. Well, we're going to we're gonna wrap up this portion and then we're moving on to the prep spotlight with uh, Jason Hutton right after this. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys. Well, next up on the podcast, he's one of our favorites in our prep pigskin preview. He always gives us the complete rundown on West Michigan football. It's Jason Hutton, the sports director at Fox 17 over in Grand Rapids, where Jared and I got our start in the business. So it's cool to see him on camera and uh, catch up with him a little bit. But we want to get an update basically at the midseason point, five games in to uh, already. It's kind of crazy on West Michigan football. So thanks for joining us, Jason. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. You're probably going to have to knock me down a few pegs on your list, though, because my preseason preseason talk hasn't happened like I thought it would at this point. That was going to be one of my first questions. And, and let me mention real quick, the, the prep sp- spotlight is brought to you by Capital Sports Fieldhouse. I got to get that in. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Pay the I'm, bills, man. 
I'm not as good at this uh, as Ted. He's been doing it for 35 plus years. But so, as I mentioned, the first question I was going to ask you, one of the teams you talked about in your preview, in the in the prep picks and preview, was Muskegon. You said, you know, best team in West Michigan, and they always are, the, the Big Red. I mean, they're they're one of the premier programs in Michigan. Three and two right now. Is that a huge surprise? Is it a letdown? Or do you think they're still, they're, they're fine, they're still going to make a run? I think they have potential to get to where I thought they'd be, but they haven't played like I thought they would through the first five weeks. Um, I'm not on the team, so I can make excuses. I mean, they're battling injuries. I mean, Jacob Price, our standing junior running back, I'm not sure he's 100%. Yet. He didn't play the first two weeks. He certainly wasn't 100% when he first came back in week three. Uh, my understanding is they missed three defensive linemen and lost to Zeno West on Friday and still had a lead in the fourth quarter, but the Ducks scored in the final minute to win it. So I think injuries are a factor there. But more than that, I, I'm just surprised because last year I've just been wrong on Muskegon. So next year I'll just predict them to be bad so that they can be good. But <laughs> last year I didn't think they would be as good last year. And last year they um, won the OK Green Conference and and uh, they did lose in the district final, but they still won nine games, went nine and two and were better than I thought they'd be. But basically returned 80 percent of their starters because they were so young last year, playing a lot of sophomores. And it's that current junior class that that I really like. And to this point, it just it hasn't. It hasn't materialized like I thought it would, but it's still early. And I do think there's potential for them to get there. But three and two, they have a league loss. I mean, I'm not going to penalize them too much losing to Warren Vila Sal, who's, who's outstanding. Yeah. But you know, lose to Zeno West. Zeno West is really good this year. So that conference is still wide open because Zeno West plays Mona Shores this week. And Mona Shores is really good. So if Mona Shores wins, you know, I don't know if they will, but if they do, then Muskegon would still be alive because they don't play Mona Shores till week nine. But they have to keep taking care of business. They have grown up a junior this right. week. So. Uh, one of those teams that was kind of clicking or is clicking, uh, I should say, so far this year is Caledonia, led by Mason McKenzie, stud quarterback. Uh, do you think that uh, so far from what you've seen, do you think they have what it takes to uh, make it all the way to Fort Field and maybe win win it all this year? It's so tough to say that because Division One's so tough. We haven't right. had a Division One team from our viewing area make it to Fort Field since Rockford in uh, 2008, I believe, eight or nine. Yeah. And so it's it's a lot to say that I think they can do that. I mean, I think there is the potential because they're so good. Scored 50 last week and Mason McKenzie had seven touchdowns, beat a really good Granville team. So it's going to be interesting because what always happens, and all these schools know it, they're all going to play uh, all the Division One schools on our side of the state make the playoffs. They're all going to play each other again. Like if you guys follow Snooze to you at all, he has the district out this week, and it's going to be Granville, Rockford, East Kentwood, Caledonia, which is very, Jeez. very likely. So they're all going to have to play each other again after having played each other already in the regular season, which makes things tough. Uh, I think you could get upset easier playing a team that you've already played. Like Granville and Caledonia could happen again, and it just happened last Friday night. So. I think it's going to be tough. I think Caledonia can do it because they're they're outstanding. I mean, not just Mason McKenzie, but Brock Townsend, Derek Pennington Jr., Justice Reed. Their offensive line's really coming together with three new starters. So, I think it's possible, but it's it's a big right. it's a big challenge to get there in Division One. Yeah, you know, Jason, you've been doing this a long time, and and you have basically a Hall of Fame college coach at Ferris and Tony Anise. Who are who are some of the real stellar coaches in in the west michigan area that you you love to talk to and really do the job it's funny you bring that up because we just kind of went through a changing of the guard where all of our legendary coaches moved on i mean it started mm -hmm. with tony when he left muskegon that's been what 15 years now yeah but right. then dan roan left west catholic and, and noel dean left lowell to go to georgia and peter sturzma left east grand rapids to go to hope so kind of all those guys that we were so used to have moved on to other things now. But one thing that's my favorite part about 
doing what we do here is the coaching is is incredible. It really is really good. And Derek Pennington's one of the guys at Caledonia. Eric Stiegel at Granville. Brent Cummings. I mean, Brent Cummings and I went to high school together. He's at Rockford now. So that's just that's just in the okay rabbit. You talk about John Shilato is in the West. I mean, he's been doing it forever. You know, longer than all those other guys I already mentioned. Yeah. Uh, he he's awesome. Uh, there's so many good coaches in this area. Um, that's my favorite part about it. And so, um, you know, every week it's tough because you know the other team's going to be well coached, and we really do see that a lot here. Yeah, I got to bring up uh, D five. So we we all are Corona Cavalier alums, and and they're yeah. in D five now. And they they did slip up last Friday against Goodrich. Kind of kind of actually got got put put back down to earth a little bit last Friday against Goodrich, but. Um, the team I want to ask about is Grand Rapids Catholic Central. They seem to almost be like the class of D5. What, three straight state titles, two of them in D5? Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. And they're undefeated are, again at 5-0. and I was going to say, are they are they the team to beat in D5? Or at least from your viewing area, are there other teams in D5 that us Cavaliers should look out for in the postseason? Yes and yes. Grand Rapids Catholic <laughs> Central, I would consider the team to beat because they've done it the last two years. Now, this is a different yeah. team. They graduated a large portion of what they did last year, but their junior quarterback, Nick um, Counter Wolf, has, has really started to play well. In fact, they beat an unbeaten four Stills Eastern team last Friday night and scored 49. I mean, they've kind of been riding their defense because their defense is so good. They beat Cedar Springs 21 20. But you know, they are capable on offense. They just have younger, less experienced guys. So I would still consider them the team to beat division five, but division five on our side of the state is absolutely loaded. If I can go back to reference news to you again, the district he has right now has four nine and O team or I'm sorry, four five and O teams all in the same district with Oak Ridge actually being the one seed oh, Grand Rapids right. Catholic central, the two. Now there's lots of games to play. Right. Belding is the three at five and oh, and Tri-County is the four at five and oh. Um, I think Tri-County will have an unbeaten regular season. The rest of their schedule isn't nearly as tough as the other three. But you look at it, uh, Oak Ridge, Catholic Central and Belding have three of uh, out of the top four teams in the state in Division five. Those three are in the top four and they're all in the wow. same district. And we saw this just two years ago. The same thing happened with, with West Calic and Comstock Park in there, too. So. It's it's really difficult. So the good news for your Corona Cavaliers is only one of those teams will get <laughs> to that point. And which yeah. one it'll be, I would still bet on Grand Rapids Catholic Central, right. but there's a lot of good D5 teams here. Yeah. Um, the one thing that blew me away kind of when I first started working out on the west side of the state, you know, three, four years ago, uh, I'm used to mid-Michigan where it's just basically looks like there's farmland and then they just lay a football field uh, in the <laughs> middle of the farmland. Out on the west side of the state, you know, it's turf fields. It's it's awesome stands. A uh, new one that was just opened up this year was West Ottawa. You guys did a game of the week there uh, when they broke it open. What does that field like? Is that your new favorite? Or what are some of your favorite stadiums in the West Michigan area? I would have to put West Ottawa to number one. It's incredible. I still haven't seen a game there. I was there for actually practice. Oh, okay. Uh, but the stadium's phenomenal, and and I definitely want to see a game there on a Friday night because I got to believe it's even better. But right, it's yeah. just it's different, right? You see all these stadiums, and and they're very nice, but they're they're similar. And and West mm -hmm. Ottawa is just different. The way it has an overhang and just kind of the way it's laid out. No track, which is a huge thing for me. No track. All the no tracks are, are high up for me. Yes. So I would put West Ottawa number one. And if you, if you love high school football, I think you need to need to try to see a game there. And it, it's cool, too, because they've been playing better football this year. They are they did lose three in a row now and are two and three. But that's what happens when you get in the OK Red. Yep. But uh, I, Greenville is up there for me. And this is an obviously oh, wow. a non-biased answer, being a guy from Belding. But, I mean, Greenville's is, is phenomenal. Grand Rapids Catholic Central's is right there, too. 
uh, in, in Muskegon has outstanding. I mean, all these outstanding facilities, East Grand Rapids, East Grand Rapids is amazing. Oh, yeah. It's right on yeah. Reed's Lake. So it's so cool. And so those are some of my favorites. They all have no track. So that, that's a yes. big thing for me. But yeah, that we have unbelievable stadiums and they're getting better too. Like Fruitport just put in field trip. They just had their first game on it last week. Battle Creek Lakeview, same deal. They got a giant video board, which is becoming wow. a huge thing now. Rockford's recently redone there. So they've got the big video board and a nice new entrance. So the, the facilities are amazing here. Yeah. You, you know, Jason, I got one final question. I'm I'm a high school football junkie. Obviously, I've been broadcasting high school sports for 35 years. Uh, and I check out every week four different highlight shows, you know, from our area in your long time doing it over there in Grand Rapids. What have you seen the biggest change from when you started to where you are now on the Friday night presentation? Well, it's social media. I mean, that's that's just my job in general. Um, I, I am old enough to remember when all I had to do was pick up a camera, go to the game, film it, come back and edit it. That was my job. <laughs> and now that's like fourth or fifth on my priority list. Uh, everything is social media first. And and that's become a new way. Like I, I just, I want to make sure we can get things on our website and then we can get things out to people via social media. And so updating scores, like we have two people now on Friday nights that are back at our station, one on Twitter, one on Facebook. And then I'm at the game of the week and I'm doing Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just from the game of the week, which is a nice change because only a couple of years ago, I was doing all of it from all of the games. Now we get a text chain with all of our guys. We usually have about 12, 11 to 12 people out shooting games on Friday night. So we have a text chain where everybody's sending in updates. And so we can get those onto social media. And so it's really nice now to have people back here that are able to do that while I'm out. And I can just handle game of the week stuff, which actually allows me, I don't know how much you guys follow us during yeah. a Friday night, but from the game of the week, I'm actually posting the highlights that I shoot with my phone so I can get them directly onto social media as they happen from the game of the week. So without question, that that is the biggest change. But one thing I always hear people say that come to West Michigan is the media coverage. I mean, that apparently, I don't, I mean, I, I watch Lansing, I watch state champs, I watch all those guys. And I think they all do great a great job, but people always comment, on the media coverage of high school football in West Michigan. And that's not just yeah. us, but all of the, all of the affiliates do a great job. So uh, it's part of what makes it so fun. I think here uh, in Grand in the Grandpa's area. I agree. I got, I got just one last one. Uh, we at Bally, we've started, you know, our overtime show. Um, I worked on your show, obviously for a couple of years there. Uh, and there's just something, there's some magic. I can't quite really put my finger on why I felt like the Fox 17 show just, it, it was maybe because it's live on, on uh, you know, at the field. It's you got the the guest picker type uh, guy, you know, every once in a while you have good chemistry with Bakita. What do you think it is that makes your guys' show so good? What is it? Well, I think it's the passion. Uh, I hope that's what it is anyway. I mean, Brett and I spend a lot of time on this stuff. This isn't just a one day a week thing. I mean, I'm watching games now with that's another thing that, that that's changed. Ted games are streamed. So right. I'm watching games all week. So I don't have to be at a game to learn stuff about teams. So I can watch, I can watch the Granville Caledonia game on a stream and that helps me. I mean, I yep. learn, I try to learn the players and not just the names, but you know, who are the key guys who's having big seasons, who's doing important things. So, I mean, I, I love it. This is my favorite time of year. I I'm yeah. always thinking about and spending time on high school football. So I hope that's what sets us apart. And it's certainly, that's certainly our goal. Well, you do an outstanding job for sure. We all three know that. Uh, we really appreciate you taking time out to join us here on this uh, prep spotlight presented by Capital Sports Fieldhouse. Uh, just before we sign off, tell our listeners, especially since you brought up social media, where's a good spot to uh, check in with what you guys do? 
Well, at Fox 17 Blitz on Twitter, that's probably where we have the biggest following and and, and make the most uh, headway there. But we're growing big time on Facebook as well. We're at Fox 17 Blitz. It's a group. It's a public group inside our Fox 17 page. So you just if anybody wants to uh, join, you just ask and then and then we'll approve it. And then you're in there as well. And then Instagram, we don't have anything Blitz uh, Blitz specific, but but Jay Hutt. Five, I can't remember how many fives I am. Five, 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 <laughs> I believe on, on Instagram. So uh, I'm trying to get better at that as well. I have a very small following on Instagram, but I'm trying to get some content on there as well. Well, awesome. Jason Hutton, we really appreciate the time. Looking forward to uh, catching up with you down the road and uh, look forward to uh, more good stuff. Thanks a lot for the time. Thanks, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. Keep up the good work on the podcast. Always fun to listen to you guys. Appreciate awesome. it. Thank you. Hey, that was great stuff from uh, Jason, and he was he was a good guy to work for, right, Jared? Yeah, he really was, man. I mean, everything he there's a reason that he is so good, and that show is so good. Like he said, he puts in the work. One, two, he cares. Yes, uh, and passion, like very organized. Right. Which I feel like on those Friday nights, you got twelve shooters going out. You got all these different games. You got to maximize your coverage. He's, mm-hmm. he's he's the best at that. So no, it, it's awesome to see. I. I even though I, I didn't grow up in the west side of the state, I don't live there anymore. I still love just like following everything they do because it's it's high school football at its core. That's why I love it. I had the same experience as you. Like basically, you laid out when I went over there, and I was more on the news side, but I did on Friday nights, like we've said before. I mean, I, it was all hands on deck. I had to go shoot high school football on Friday nights, and when I went over there, it was after I graduated college. But uh, it was like an eye opening experience, you know. Like you said, after growing up in Mid Michigan, you know. It's, seeing what we see, you know, going to Durand and Chesanane and Owasso and stuff. And Owasso, that's an awesome stadium. Yeah, but, you Owasso, know, you go- that was the worst. That was the bad, the only one you could have named in our area that doesn't apply to the rest. That was right, right. All, the other, all the other ones are noted. But, yeah, you go to Rockford. I remember the first time I went to a Rockford game on a Friday night, and there's 8,000 people there. I was like, oh, my God, this is a high school football game. So, yeah, no, it, it's definitely a cool area for high school football. Well, we'll talk a little bit more local here in this segment. I want to tell you that Capital Sports Fieldhouse, they're going to be hosting a four-week strength and agility training camp. Get this, guys. With Michigan State Hall of Famer Greg Jones, the All-American and Super Bowl-winning linebacker, will hold an all-ages co-ed camp on the Fieldhouse indoor turf starting September 30th and running through October 21st. The one-hour sessions are going to be broken down into two age groups, 6 to 11-year-olds from 7 to 8 p.m. and 12 and older running from 8 to 9 p.m. The first 50 registrants will receive a signed NFL rookie card of Greg Jones. They'll also get a snap, a selfie, wear the Super Bowl ring, and pose with his Giants jersey. It's located in the old Capitol Bowl, J.C. Penny Block on South Washington and Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports Fieldhouse at 989-472-4624 or go online at capitalsportsfh.com. Dot com. Well, you know, we did talk a little bit about it with Jason. Corona Cavaliers, uh, they got a little dose of reality on the road. First road game, taking on a very good Goodrich team, and they got smoked 42 I, to 7. A mercy rule. Unbelievable. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I saw Goodrich that. is really good, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we were talking about I didn't know. a few weeks ago. Maybe we were a little jumped the gun a little maybe bit. Maybe a little. Maybe a little. Yes. I, well, I was going off of your your eyes. I haven't seen them play. You know, you you were saying, quote, unquote, they're the real deal. They're this. They're that. I still think they are. are. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Just what a weird, you just wonder what the hell, what, what was that? Was that like just a flat out one team being better than another? Was that, you know, a bad week of preparation? Was it? 
you know, reading the press clippings a little bit too much heading yeah. into the game. I mean, what what was it? I I understand Goodrich is a good team. They're not 35 points better. No. Flat out not 35 points better. So I wasn't there. I didn't watch the game. I don't know what happened, but you know, maybe they should they should have beat us, but by a score or two, not by seven scores. Yeah. Something well, I didn't realize. Um, a couple friends t- we were talking about it after the game. So Goodrich is D four, but they're in the same conference as Corona. Like, how right. does that? How does that? Well, work the, out? the schools are switching so much. I mean, he, uh, we were over. talking about Hutton. The, Caledonia was D two last season. They're D one this year. Corona D four uh, when I was in school. Now they're D five. That's why one, I guess, saving grace, I guess, for Corona. Uh, I mean, obviously they're they're a good team. I mean, they're a playoff team, hundred percent. We're not going to debate that. You know, right. Division five is, is weaker. Um, a lot weaker than division four. So mm-hmm. just keep getting better every week. I mean, put this one behind you. Nothing you can do about it now. And hey, they're not going to run into Goodrich in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and, and absolutely. Okay, don't got don't got to worry about them. So just, so just Grand Rapids, Catholic Central, and some of those other teams right. Hutton was talking about. You might have well, them wait for you, but you got to get there first. So if I'm yeah. Corona, I'm just, you know, get back to work. And the end of the, at the end of the, at the end of your life, when you look back at it, guess what? It doesn't matter. A regular season game. Guess what does matter? A game coming up in about five weeks, playoffs yeah. round one. Yeah. 100%. They just got to refocus. I mean, it was a bad night. You know, a lot of different things went wrong. I know uh, after it was seven seven ball game and a kickoff return for a touchdown, and Goodrich blocked a punt. So there was some momentum things in that game. So I think they'll be all right. But you know, again, like I said, a bit of a wake up call. Now yeah. it's time to get back to business, and every week you got to be ready to play. Uh, Brandon down to Wasso. Brandon looks like a good quality team out of the same conference. Forty nine to eight over the Trojans, about the only bright spot for Wasso, and they've really been struggling lately. Is late in the game they got a freshman quarterback thrown in the game Liam Patrick and he led them on a late late TD drive capped off by a 25 yard TD pass so uh, maybe the future's bright there uh Duran the game it, you were covering was that was the game we did yeah okay okay yep uh, uh Durand against Mount Morris. Again, you know, you've heard me talk about Durand. If we wouldn't have had Jason on tonight, I was going to try to reach out to the Durand head coach. Uh, 5-0, 51-6 over Mount Morris. And, I mean, they got a stud on that team in Gabe Lynn. He had a couple more touchdowns in that one. So, you know, our area is not being represented too bad. And, and again, the Morris Orioles guys, eight-man football, they used to be a doormat forever. You know, and they went to eight-man football. They won a state championship. Uh, they now have won 26 straight league games, 21 Jeez. straight regular season games. That's not too shabby. Yeah, no. I, I love it, man. Morris is a, is a is eight-man football power. They got the brand new Field of Dreams built there. They're rolling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love the Duran story, man. Five and zero. Oh, you know yeah, who they're they're cool. just like if you if you're not from this area and you're listening, it's 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 like Kansas football. This year with Lance Leopold, man. Uh, what did you say the head coach's name was again? He's like the Lance Leopold of high school football. I'm loving their story, man. Absolutely. Well, it is cool. And it's it's good for those kids, too, because all this is going to do is help those programs. Because, you know, before there's probably a bunch of kids who wanted to play football, but they're also like, I'm not about to go play for these terrible teams. Well, now some kids might go play football. So it, it's definitely a cool story. Absolutely. Well, this segment, of course, brought to you by Capital Sports Fieldhouse. Don't forget to check out uh, the clinic put on by Greg Jones, four straight weeks. Check out Capital Sports Fieldhouse online, capitalsportsfh.com. We'll be back. We're going to give our viewpoints on some of the interesting football games this last weekend, college and pro. Hmm, Might have some thoughts on Dan Campbell and the Lions, I would guess. That'll be right up after this. 
Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Looking to buy items online, go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. Hi, this is Casey from the band Chi-Town, hopping on our favorite podcast to let you know about the biggest party in mid-Michigan. Saturday, October 1st at Harvey Kern Pavilion in Frankenmuth, Chi-Town is back to headline Big Country Fest. Whiskey Fix will get things started at 5 p.m., and then we take the stage at 8. Tickets are just $7, so come on out for a night of music, drinks, food, and all things country. See you all there. Capital Sports Field House is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and Pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state-of-the-art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capital Bowl J.C. Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. As you guys know, we'll get to the Michigan game. We'll get to the Lions. Uh, I wanted to start here, Michigan State. More just, I'm like, more I'm just like disappointed, you know. Uh, (laughs) The reason I'm disappointed is because, as you guys know, when Michigan plays Michigan State and State has a lesser team, it's the ultimate lose-lose for Michigan. We win, nobody gives a shit. We lose, we get laughed at for 365 days about it. Uh, So the fact that State just really seems to be struggling heading into that, into Michigan, it's just a bummer for everybody in the state. I don't care if you hate state or if you love them. It sucks. Um, but as for what the hell's going on with this program, I mean, I, I kind of made the joke last week that it was very Brady Hoke esque. Uh, he's really kind of solidifying that comparison. Uh, Mel Tucker is. Uh, but here's the thing that's a big difference between Brady Hoke and, and Mel Tucker. Brady Hoke was a kind of bring yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, rally the troops. The, the players love him. Uh, you know, he's kind of, you know, put your nose to the grindstone, work hard, you know, almost like a Dan Campbell type, you know, maybe he struggled with the X's and O's, but you knew he cared and you knew he, he worked hard, right? Mel Tucker. It's like, it's kind of the snake oil salesman pitch that bothers me. It's, it's the Lambos. It's the, it's the, his Instagram. There's some weird ones, man. Like there's a one Instagram post that I watched like maybe a week or two ago. It was just like him, like in like slow-mo walking into the stadium with like some, some like audio from like his little Reno, Reno, Reno's like uh Thursday night show or whatever. And like the quote made like absolutely no sense. Like I was, I was I'm gonna have to find it here when somebody else is talking, but it literally was like the most mind numbing quote that made no sense to this XMO video. And I was yeah. sitting there watching it for about two minutes trying to figure out what the hell it was even going on in it. I'm gonna have to find it. It's that weird. But I think it's because of stuff like that 
and then this team's performance on the field that I really feel like safe hands are kind of really already sort of fed up with this guy. Uh, it's weird. It's, isn't it weird how it seems like it's flipped in the matter of two weeks? It's crazy how quick it could happen. We saw it almost happen to Jim Harbaugh after the COVID season. He was maybe like one more loss away mm-hmm. uh, from really getting like some serious pressure put on his back. Um, but it, it's just the how they look. They look so yeah. like out of sync. I know like Mel Tucker was big on the transfer portal. I will say he was probably the first guy to the transfer transfer portal, and that's why we saw him get great players like Kenneth Walker last year. I feel like the rest of college football is sort of caught back up to that, and so he doesn't have that huge advantage like he did when he first started. Now, you know, he's relying on this transfer portal. The guys really aren't coming that yeah. are like big-time game changers, and we saw that with Nebraska. What, they had like 15 new players, and they're right where they were a year ago. Yeah. Um, and then just if you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty, I mean, he's a secondary guy. This guy is Nick Saban Jr. You know, DB coach, went to Nick Saban, coached with Nick Saban at Alabama. He should have a stellar secondary. They are so bad. Michael Penix Jr. exposed them. Then Tanner Morgan looked like freaking Tom Brady against them. It's like, it's the same thing we saw last year. We thought it was an anomaly last year. We thought, oh, okay, yeah, just, you know, he just got had to get there, get his feet wet. He's going to solve this. I mean, that's his his, uh, expertise. But my God, they're looking bad. Uh, people will put blame on Peyton Thorne. I mean, Peyton Thorne coming out rocking the, the green leg sleeve with the visor just for them to get their butt whooped. I mean, I kind of did love that part of it, but <laughs> I still like Peyton Thorne. I still think he's a good quarterback. Uh, and I, we know they have playmakers out on the perimeter. I, I just don't know what the hell has happened to this team in one year. Was really last year really like just that perfect like setup for them to win, you know, 10 games and, and win a bowl game? I don't know. But if you're a state fan, how do you not start to turn on this guy? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously we're seeing life without Kenneth Walker. I think that's Mm -hmm. the first thing. It's the best running back in program history. He won the Doak Walker award last year. He was the best running back in the country. So when you lose a player like that, unless you're Ohio state, Georgia, Alabama, you don't just, you don't just keep filling those spots with Kenneth Walker after Kenneth Walker. And, you know, it's going to take time. And I think we're seeing that his strategy of just wanting to get transfer portal guys every year, it's not going to work every year. I mean, mm-hmm. you you have to establish a program and have guys that are in your program for a good two, three years. Now he is, you know, he's only been there a few years. So, you know, he's still kind of building his program, but I mean, we, we saw it happen with Jim Harbaugh, you know, he kind of had some success early and then what his third year is when they went like eight and five, because, you know, he was building his program. It takes I mean, people, people don't want to admit it because it's all about, you got to win now. You got to win now. It takes a good few years to really like build your program, recruit guys in your depth guys, maybe not your stars. Maybe you're going to get a Kenneth Walker in the transfer portal, but like your depth guys, your offensive line, your defensive line, you know, some of those kind of positions. And I think we're seeing that they're, they're, they're in a tough spot because they paid him a ton of money, 10 year deal. And yeah, it's, I think Michigan state fans are starting to wonder, like, were we ahead of ourselves? I don't think they're completely punting on him yet, but I mean, they've got, they've got Maryland this weekend who gave Michigan a game. Not that bad a team. Yeah. Michigan beat them up. I'm curious to see, hopefully, you know, they're all healthy and everything, but so they've got Maryland and then Ohio state and then Wisconsin who may be a little down, but Wisconsin's always tough. And then Michigan. So they're two and two right now, oh, and they God. go Maryland, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan. They very well could lose all four of those games and be sitting at two and six. If they're sitting at two and six with a Michigan loss, which oh, we all know is their complete Super Bowl, 
mm-hmm. then yes, I think Michigan State fans will be saying, Mel Tucker, what the hell? I think the big thing is, oh, he's 2-0 against Jim Harbaugh. That, right. That's why they're not punting on him. He's, he's yeah, 2-0 against well, Harbaugh. Here's the thing, man. So Mel Tucker, 20-16 and 16 career record, right? Two big is basically it's the things he hangs his hats on are those two wins against Michigan. I mean, he's got yeah. his had big losses to Ohio State, now Minnesota, gotten his door blow, doors blown off more than a few times. Uh, so let's take a look at those two games. One is the COVID season, which I don't know what was going on in the Ann Arbor that year, but clearly Joe it was Milton. just a weird anomaly a weird year. season that you have to throw out. I don't know if you can say that about every program. But judging by how Michigan looked before it, how they looked immediately after it, just something weird was going on uh, in Ann Arbor that year. So let's throw that game out. Then we look at last year's game where we already know all the asterisks surrounding that one. You know, right. basically took a perfect like comeback where they got like two two point conversions. Uh, the Aiden Hutchinson strip sack fumble that got overturned. Uh, the McCarthy well, and you have a dude and Kenneth Walker had a just career yeah. day, five touchdowns. I mean, yes. They had uh, the McCarthy quorum, you know, bobbled exchange. I mean, if any one of those things doesn't happen, Mel Tucker, man, he's even looking even worse. And so it's just a, what a weird, sad reality. I really thought that he was building something that was going to rival Michigan like D'Antonio had, you know, for years to come. The little thing that I like to keep reminding myself, remember when D'Antonio was basically iced out of the coaching uh, decision? That this that idea of not letting him have a say in it just looks worse and worse as uh you know the days pass on by because Michigan State really shelled out a lot of cash for this guy ninety five milli. This is not you know we're not USC they're not they're not they're not uh Oklahoma loaded up with cash man I mean that's a serious payday for a Michigan State coach and as of now as it sits today it's not looking good. Yeah, you know, and you bring up the D'Antonio thing and the whole way that Michigan State handled his departure and not getting his opinion. That's been, that was botched right at the beginning. And again, that yeah. kind of set up this bad karma that I like to call it. But, you know, I was willing to give the Spartans a little break after the loss to Washington. But after I watched that entire game against Minnesota, if I was a Spartan fan, I'd be completely embarrassed. That was a home game, Big yeah. Ten home Act. opener. And completely embarrassing performance especially on the defensive side of the ball and you know matt you're looking at the schedule you know watching that game i don't know how they're going to come out on the injury report but they had guys going down left and right and these are their starters so if they're bringing in the backups and they're already playing pitiful football who it could be tough i'm telling you it's not looking good for sparty for this year now do you say that mel tucker is a failure probably a little too early to right. say on I think that. it's it's this season i mean although it's it's the season's already almost basically a wrap we know how right. college football works yeah. but i mean a big win against michigan a big win against ohio state uh, right. i'm sure they have penn state somewhere on their schedule you win one of those three games man you're gonna win back a lot of good graces of state fans yeah. i would think so right. there, if there's they a up, lot of football out of them yeah, yeah if they ended up seven and five with a michigan yeah. win i think michigan state fans would say cool yeah baby. you know rebuilding your yeah. right well, I don't know about, if they're going to do that, though. That's about as much as we've talked about Michigan State in a while, even though it was all negative. I was going to uh, say. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, <laughs> if, get... if they had, if they had door, blown the doors off of, I mean, think about the, the hype going into last year's matchup, man. I mean, if they were if they had blown the doors off of Minnesota and Washington, we'd be right. talking about how great this Michigan-Michigan State game is. Now we, yeah. we have to talk about how they suck. I'm not but happy it, about it. But it's like you said. I mean, whether Michigan state's up or down, it's yeah. a, it's almost a lose, lose for Michigan all, all the time. I mean, it's cause say, say they are two and five going into that Michigan game and Michigan beats it by 20 or something like that. Then it's just like, 
yeah, well, you should have. You know, we suck this year. But, but you Michigan, can't count Sparty out either. Right. Even you, if they're you, two and five going in that game. Yeah, we've seen plenty of games <laughs> that Michigan should have won that they didn't. So right. Michigan's just got to worry about themselves. Just worry well, let's about talk about themselves. Michigan. You know, yeah. I mean, Maryland looked pretty good, mm-hmm. I think. You know, Corum obviously had a good day and saved the day for Michigan. J.J., a reasonably good game, but, you know, yeah. again, he showed that uh, little looseness with the ball a couple times. They got to clean that up. But overall, I yeah. think a good win for Michigan against I don't a pretty know. good I, Maryland team. I think Maryland's going to end up having a good season as long as yeah. Tua's little brother at quarterback, as long as he – actually, the, their backup quarterback didn't look that bad either. He looked but, pretty good. You know, if they can all stay healthy, I, I bet – I wouldn't be surprised if we see Maryland – nine ten wins maybe or you know maybe somewhere Bowl around there anyway but i don't i you know the, the mccarthy thing i just want to say real quick jared before you jump in i obviously i've been high on jj mccarthy ever since you know you guys were wanting Cade to be the starter mm-hmm. i think one thing people had to remember those first three games were against three really bad teams so you know what he was doing against those teams maybe setting the bar a little too high also mm-hmm. we're going from basically two completely different quarterbacks. The people who are set on Cade McNamara, completely different style than J.J. McCarthy. So the people who are watching McCarthy trying to run around like crazy, like Fran Tarkadin, you know, back in your day, Ted, or, you know, Johnny hey, the football. announcers even mentioned it. Yeah, like, you know, Johnny Manziel just all over the place trying to scramble. The people that are, like, getting pissed at that, it's kind of like, well, this is what you have to realize. This, this is this kid's style of play. This is what he does. He's going to – he knows he's fast. He know he can make – he can make those. He did that one time, scrambled like crazy, and still picked up, like, 10 yards in a first down. So That was sweet. Like, one of his first plays as a freshman last year, I think against Western Michigan, he did that same thing. And then, remember, he fired that, like, 70-yard pass across the field for a touchdown. So, like, it's one of those, like – you have to take all the good, all the very good throws and plays that he does, and know there's going to be probably two or three a game where you're going, what the hell are you doing? You just hope that they're not backbreakers and, you know, lose you the game. He still – he didn't turn the ball over. Um, he, he did fumble, but, you know, Michigan recovered it. He didn't mm-hmm. throw any interceptions. He made big throws when they needed to, threw a couple touchdowns. You know, so, like, that's all – hopefully those crazy plays, like you said, they can watch the tape and say, hey, man, he's got to figure out like when to run and when not to. Cause then like, you know, he had a couple, there were a couple plays where he probably should have taken off and he took a yeah. sack. And then there were the couple plays where it was like, what are you doing? Yakety sacks running around like crazy. So it, it was his first start in a big 10 game. He's yeah. got some- I mean, you could expect some growing pains. He missed, right. he did miss some guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, man, the, the Michigan wide receivers are running wild. We have a good wide receiving core. Maryland couldn't keep up. If McCarthy hits a couple more throws, we probably blow that game wide open, you know, yeah. mid third quarter. But he just wasn't, he missed a few deep balls. That happens, uh, especially, you know, like I said, when it's your kind of his first, you know, big pressure game that he's really been the, the guy for. So you, you expect that. But I don't know. This defense is really what worries me, guy. I, yeah. I felt like we saw some serious cracks. And, and it's funny, we forget that we have, you know, three brand new coordinators this year and, and the co offensive coordinators, you know, I mean, they kind of, righted the ship in the fourth quarter but they kind of had a weird game that i wouldn't say that it definitely wasn't their best called game that i've seen so far uh and then we got a brand new defensive coordinator so i, I just and then obviously when you lose hutchison and ojabo you're not gonna have the same pass rush definitely did we're not pressuring to, uh 
Talia very much uh, when he was dropping back to pass. I, I, I felt like the defense struggled a little bit. Yeah. And I don't, I, I think it's just kind of, we're just got to come to the realization that this is not last year's defense. Right. And if we're going to win games, we're probably going to have to win them, you know, high scoring. I don't expect us to shut down Ohio State's offense this year. If we want to win that game, we're probably going to need to score 42 or more. Right. Um, and have to do it a lot throughout the air, I think. So yeah. I don't know. Just, it was it, a bit of a depressing game. I just felt like I saw a lot of cracks. And, you know, in college football, you just want to keep, you know, win each week, 1-0 every week, 1-0 every week. But I don't know. It just seems like that's something that's going to come back to haunt us when we really yeah. need a good defense. Yeah, and I look at it a little bit more of the glass is half full, I think, for uh, a Big Ten opener. You know, Maryland came ready to play. Michigan realistically had them beat by two touchdowns when it was all said and done, even though Maryland got that late score. Uh, yeah, there were some cracks that they need to shore up, but that's Harbaugh. Harbaugh's a heck of a coach, and this staff's a good staff. I think they'll clean things up, and you know they'll they'll continue to roll, hopefully. But yeah, there was some cracks that we saw in that game that they they got to clean up, no doubt. Yeah. But uh, Harbaugh was amped on the sidelines, man. And you guys notice it seemed like more than usual. He was really <laughs> uh, fired up. Like the first touchdown, uh, McCarthy yeah, yeah. on the rollout right. He was fist pumping, man. He was loving it. What a break uh, then, to start the game, too. And right? then McCarthy oh. had a great, uh, you know, throw uh, the game, the basically the game saving throw. I think it was to Ronnie Bell. Harbaugh gave right. another fist pound after that. Yeah. I yeah. love watching Harbaugh, man. He's into it. Um, yeah, it's, it's just I, – I don't know, Matt. Did you – you didn't feel like there was any issues at all that you were kind of worried about after watching that game? Not overly I mean, not, worried. Not, yeah, not necessarily worried. I think it was a, maybe like a wake-up call type of game after those first three games when mm-hmm. maybe they were puffing their chests out a little bit, you know, thinking they're going to score 50 every week. And, you know, it, obviously that's probably not the case. I, yeah, they got a lot to work on. I think a big thing, you know, Blake Corum had that career day. He carried the ball 30 times. I don't think that's sustainable as much as we all like Blake Corum. I don't know. Today's, you know, you don't, you don't hand the ball 30 times to a guy every week. So hopefully Donovan Edwards can come back and, you know, can you, what happened to him? Does anybody know what happened to Edwards? It's a a leg injury. You know, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but remember he, he caught that pass down the sidelines against Hawaii and then he scored on the very next play. And I remember watching it and he was kind of like hobbled. I thought it looked like he had a concussion or something. Yeah. And then it, it, a leg, whatever the hell that means. He's supposed <laughs> to be, I read, I just read a couple hours ago um, that he might play this week. He's still, he's basically like a day to day situation. So that's well, a bit, that's that a big thing to me. I, th- I think if, if Michigan wants to like actually legitimately make a run, they need him to come back. Cause you're not handing the ball to Blake Corum 30 times. I mean, game. especially when Stokes, I mean, dude, Stokes, all you needed to do was come in like, and basically carry the ball like what once every quarter right. and first carry just puts it right on the Fumble. deck. He and didn't touch like, the field the rest <laughs> of the game. I can just imagine Corum being like, Oh fuck. I'm going to carry the ball 30 <laughs> times today. So yep. yeah, it just, that was definitely, that was another big kind of critical play. We don't put that ball in the deck right there. We're we're driving. Uh, we're probably going to go up two scores right there, fourteen zero. Yeah. Uh, so that's another big play to kind of circle. If that goes a little bit different, probably a little bit different of a game. Yep. You are right about one thing, Jared. I mean, there, you know, the cracks that we saw against Maryland, they better get it cleaned up in a hurry. Going on the road, on the grass in Iowa. You know how the Iowa fans are. It's going to be a, a tough environment. Eleven o'clock kickoff in Iowa uh, on Saturday, twelve noon here. That's going to be the real test, I think, to see if the Wolverines are for real. Even though Iowa's not the strongest team, they're always tough at home. Defense is they legit. Always, yeah, defense, defense is legit. Is good, they always yeah. play Michigan tough. I'm just glad it's not a night game. I'll, yeah. I'll gladly yeah. take that at noon. We don't mm-hmm. want Kinnick at night. But 
it, this is going to be another test. Yeah, their offense isn't very good, and actually it's like not good at all. But that defense, I mean, if, if Michigan's offense struggled a little bit against Maryland, I mean, man, they're um, they're in for even more of a test against Iowa, especially at Iowa. So right. hopefully that's what I mean. Hopefully they can watch that tape against Maryland and be like, okay, cool. UConn is behind us. Colorado State is behind us. This is this is real like big boy football now. Amen. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up the show, <clears throat> we got to talk about the Lions. I watched every minute of that game. Yep. What I'm, the not hell, even gonna, I'm not even going to give my comment right now. Let's hear what you guys have to say. I, you know, it's it's the classic. We're all excited because of the offseason, the draft picks they made. You know, we talked about how much we loved Hard Knocks and just how it seemed like everything – Dan Campbell was changing the culture. Every all, all the coaches, the players, everyone was buying in to the system. And Dan Campbell's, you know, message about – you know, gritty and playing hard and all this kind of stuff. And they are, you can see it. I mean, they, they play hard. They don't give up all of that kind of stuff, but I tweeted it out about a hundred times. Like if you want to kick the same old lions, the SOL moniker that, you know, people are so sick of Ted, you know, you've been talking about it as hashtag since 57, you don't lose games like that. I mean, that's what it is. You, you, you're winning the whole game. The lions were the better team that whole, that whole game. they, you know, it, they they did they went up 14-0 and then the Vikings tied it at 14. But then the rest of the game, the Lions had control. Mm-hmm. They did yeah. everything they needed to do except close that game out. And the disappointing part is, that, yes, you know, the offense could have scored more points. You know, the the defense could have stopped Kirk Cousins on that last drive. You know, all that stuff. But is that Dan Campbell, the head coach, made a couple of really boneheaded decisions? You know, he's going for it for fourth down. I think they went for it on fourth down Every like time. eight times. And then right there at the end, they decide not to go for it. They kick a long field goal, put the Vikings in great position to score. So it's that's kind of what was disappointing to me. You know, if, if players say golf through an interception to like seal it, it'd be like, ah, man, you know, golf, what the hell? It's that Campbell keeps making these like head scratching decisions. I know he's only in his second year, you know, as a full time head coach, but it's like, hey, man, you're you're getting out coached. I mean, you you can preach all you want to these players, but you're making some bad decisions. And after the game, That's he admitted like it. Ran. You know, he, he said he regrets kicking that field goal, wishes he wouldn't have. And I it's freaking like, regret it. That's what right. he said. It's like, cool. I, I'm glad you said that. But why did you do it? <laughs> I think yeah. all of us sitting at home were saying, why are you kicking this field goal? So, yeah. Yeah. It, it it's just that's the thing he keeps it, it seems it's funny because we we like and all this dan campbell lead up we forgot you know kind of maybe the most important part of being a coach is the game managing mm-hmm. right. you know uh, i mean the nfl they're these guys are getting paid millions it's almost like the motivation is kind of it's kind of already there right. i mean you're dangling million dollar bills in front of these guys i feel like they're usually going to kind of come out in battle uh, unless you're urban meyer who's like very bad you know they're usually going to kind of support you and play for you so i don't know it's just these these game managing decisions he keeps making going back to last year we saw it a lot too it's like mm-hmm. it's just puzzling seems like it should be the easiest part <laughs> I, I maybe i'm crazy for feeling that way but it seems like it just should be easy man just go for it on fourth there i mean that field goal was do or die right i, I have just to go up by six it's not like we were about to you know put the game on ice or something it's not like we we're up by seven to go up by ten uh, right. you know this was basically basically we we're going to overtime if he did not make this kick and sure enough didn't didn't even have a chance uh and and Campbell be the first one to admit it like you said in post-game presser you know he regrets the decision he's always there to own it up which is good uh makes it a little bit harder to hate on him for sure right. 
Um, but he almost needs like a Sean Payton or something like up in the press box there to uh, like, you know, give him advice. I don't care if Sean Payton's not there Monday through Saturday, put him up in the press box on Sunday and just have him in Dan Campbell's ear the entire game. Needs like a co coach. I even saw Jared Goff said something like he wishes he would have went up to Campbell and lobbied a little more Mm -hmm. to go for it. And the other thing I know, Ted, you're going to jump in. I would have, the field goal wouldn't have even been a thought to me. I know I'm not, an NFL head coach. I'm just a schmuck on the couch, but like they have one of the best punters in the league. I would have rather seen them try to pin them deep, you know, see if, see if Fox can pin it right inside the five yard line and make cousins go 95 yards or whatever. Like I would have rather that than seen some dude who I don't even know who his name is. Kick a 50 Austin Seifert. Yeah. Kick a <laughs> or 50 if you've got Matt Prater, do it, do it. If you've got, if you've got Jason Hansen, do it. Right. You don't, and we saw that. So Yeah, well, ultimately it did come down to that. I mean, you had three choices, right? Go for it, punt, or kick the field goal. Well, unfortunately, the, the field goal was the third choice that he should have even thought of. Right. I kind of agree with you. The punt would have been the Bill Belichick way, the Andy right. Reid way, the Dan Campbell way is go for it, and he go didn't for go it. for it. I right. mean, it just it made no sense. And again, this goes back, I think you tweeted something, when I went on my rant last year, it was almost the identical situation. This is yeah. the NFL. You don't kick it there up by three. Rely on your defense. Your defense overall still halfway decent other than number 24, which I don't know what game he was playing. Damn. I mean, <laughs> that was ridiculous. But I think he had six penalties. Six I think he penalties. had six penalties. And God. I mean, we, we can talk about him uh, over on the other side, Jeff Okuda. As much as we've talked well. about his injury and hopefully he comes back, he had a hell of a game, but he's been playing yeah. well. You can't he's argue. Been playing well. I mean, you know, he's not exactly uh, Revis, but he's been showing flashes. I mean, every day you see the pro, every week you see the pro football focus. You know, this past week it was him versus Justin Jefferson right. again. Uh, he he went. He had a great game. So yeah, he's a legit it, starter. Yeah. So just, no, you, you start to wonder. I, th- I think we talked about it before the season, or you know, maybe after they lost to the Eagles you watch hard knocks and like i said all these players are bought in they love dan campbell but how long can he keep preaching about the culture and gritty and try hard and we're always going to put up a fight when you keep losing games like this right. i mean you know if they start they, they play the seahawks this week and at home Thank and i saw they at they home. opened as a six and a half point favorite if they lose Not this game I, the Not whole season this. might fall apart if they lose yeah. this game because Must they win. they at home, they should beat the Seahawks. There's no yeah. way. And they here's the here's the thing, man. I, I guess it's like we got to remember. I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet. No. I mean, that's a game that we probably, you know, would you guys have been surprised if we would have lost that game by two scores? You know, before we kicked off. You know, it wasn't like we were expected to win that game. Should have won that game. Show that this team is legit. I feel like we are the better team. Um, it was on the road, tough environment against a veteran team. We're a young upstart team, but. The thing that is is key to me and key to so far, I think the success of the season. We got to win the games that we have to win, which is right. you know the, the the Commanders, it's the it's the Seahawks. You know we got to probably beat the Vikings at home when mm-hmm. we see them right. there. Got to beat the Bears. Like I feel like we just got to win the games that we should win. Uh, if we, as long as we keep doing that, Dan Campbell is doing a great job, in my opinion. Well, it, you're fair. right, but to, to make that next step step up the ladder, you know, I think I tweeted it to you guys. They went from a statement road win to a standard Lions loss. I mean, it was yeah. that simple, you know. Well, yeah. because, you know, leading into that game, I think it was like Thursday or Friday, I was at work, 
and you know i had on like all the espn networks and every at one point they were all talking about the lions like the mm-hmm. yeah. friends friends were sending clips you know of like man lions are starting to get a lot of hype a lot of people are starting to talk about the lions and that's what it was it was like this is your chance like you just said ted to make a statement right you know people the the vikings whooped up on the packers in week one and like you said jared the vikings are a veteran team with a veteran quarterback all that kind of stuff you go on the road and beat and really like handle the vikings people really start to talk about you and then you know you got the seahawks you hopefully win you, you, you know, get that like, momentum right you get that momentum you've got a division win now now it's just back to i don't want to say same old lions but yep. it's back to oh another one of those games that they blow in the end well hopefully they can make some adjustments hopefully campbell can learn a little bit i mean we know he's a motivator but jared you're right on you got to know the x and o's and the game right. management and if you're going to be a a long-term uh coach in the nfl man you got you can't have mistakes like that and there's been too many of them so far he's got to yep. clean them all up but uh yep. hey we'll be watching next week for sure of course all right guys i think we've had a good podcast this has been the three-point podcast presented by sky mint cannabis michigan's leader in the industry with many convenient locations throughout michigan use that coupon code 3.20 at the corona store for 20 percent off your first purchase check out the new sky mint reserve featuring exceptional profiles in the other words the good stuff yep. and memorial Healthcare. check out the walk-in sports injury clinic every monday through october 17th at the now community wellness center follow us at three point pod spread the word share with your friends make sure you let all our great partners know that you listen in they include az printing solutions capital sports Fieldhouse, and hit and pitch pro real estate and auction nelson house funeral homes rivals tap house and grill success group mortgage and servicing we want to say special thanks to jason hutton of fox 17 for dropping by and this episode of three-point podcast was recorded at streamyard.com if you don't go see the documentary uh at the ncg cinema this weekend maybe go up and see shy town october 1st at the big country festival in frankmuth that's an eight o'clock start for the boys i think that's where i am headed and friday night the z92.5 game of the week it's St. John's at Williamston, so hopefully you can tune into that one. If you can't catch it uh, live, you can catch it right here on our podcast site. So until next week, so long, everybody. Peace and love. Be kind. Go Lions. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan three-point podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.